So many senators running. Obviously, you see them. They are your colleagues. Is it awkward that you all know that you're all trying to be president? <laughs> you know, look. <laughs> I'll, tell you, I'll take that as a yes. <laughs> the, short, the short answer is yes. Yeah, okay, okay. That's human. You know, I would say that's yeah, a human we, reaction. We all have lunch together uh, every Tuesday, and you got half the caucus running for the United <laughs> the president. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's funny. And we almost never elect senators. I mean, it's just not where we get our presidents. So mm. that's interesting, too. Mm. Got another person that jumped in where we do get a lot of our presidents. A governor from Washington, Jay Inslee, has entered the 2020 presidential race. going to focus on climate change. He's a liberal, Jack. He certainly could be one of those people that <laughs> he's, he's running for the Democratic nomination. That would be a good position to be in. Governor of Washington to State. A, yes, to be a probably, liberal. Yes. If you want to be. Yes. Democratic nominee. I see your um, point. He could be getting in like a lot of people do to make sure your issue gets plenty of attention. Um, uh, Lindsey Graham specifically ran for president not because he thought he was going to get the nomination. He wanted to stand up against like the Rand Paul crowd for intervention around the world. You know, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, some people get into the race for that. Speaking of ideologies, more on the University of California professor who openly advocates murdering police officers proudly. And the University of California knows it and continues to employ him. You can go to armstrongandgetty.com and uh, click on a petition to uh, send to the University of California to get rid of this lunatic who's teaching children. Uh, Plus, we'll have a couple of guests on that topic coming up throughout the morning. I heard another stat today troubled me, more than troubled, uh, we're, we're doomed. As we've wrapped up another month, and you got another month's worth of data of people who got their tax returns back, and a lot of people are getting a lower refund than they have in the past. And those people are unhappy, according to polling, because they feel like their taxes went up, which means you are, you, uh, I was going to say you're stupid. Uh, you don't understand how taxes work, right, boy? If you're over because the, you're stupid. If you're no, over the, if now you, you haven't taken the time to go over the numbers. Okay, perhaps. there's a cutoff. Yes, if you're 20 and you don't know that, I'll cut you some slack. Fair enough. But if you're 40 and you get and your refund goes down, you think your taxes went down or went up or vice versa. Right. You're stupid. Well, you should not vote. You definitely should not vote. You cannot grasp even the most basic concepts of public policy. So you probably should not vote. It doesn't make you a bad human being, but you shouldn't vote. And and you've got your progressive states, Oregon, Washington, even California trying to get children to uh, to be able to vote, 16-year-olds to vote. Why do you think that might be? Oh, it's unbelievable. We're talking about this uh, baseball player, Bryce Harper, who just signed the biggest sports contract in uh, North American history. $330 million. And we were wondering, why did he choose this state over that state? And all the sports reporting or all the reporting is talking about, well, you know, the distance to left field in that state. Or he's got a buddy who played in the minor leagues. And nobody mentioned the tax ramifications, right. which clearly would have played a role. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's got accountants and managers and stuff are saying, look, you sign in Pennsylvania, it's going to save you like $30 million over going here. And, but it's nobody, a pretty open discussion in the NBA. But I've no, heard it but, anyway. But no, no, people don't talk about stuff like that or understand it. Right. The refund, the taxes, the state taxes, the federal taxes, all the different stuff. I don't see how we're ever going to be able to craft tax policy based on that. Got this graph that's out today from howmuch.com. On, uh, are taxpayers in your state giving more money to the feds than they get back? How many states get back more or pay more 
than, uh, well, 40 out of 50 states are getting more from the federal government than they're paying it in taxes, 40 to 50 states. Wow, that's great. That's great if you like big government because your constituency of people receiving is will outvote those paying over and over again. And, Every time. you know, it depends on your politics, which point of view you look at this. Um, uh, here's the state to get the, well, first and foremost, the obvious, obvious insight it says here is that the uh, people are receiving more money in federal outlays than they're paying in taxes. Virginia, Kentucky, and New Mexico top the charts as the top three getting the most money back. For example, in Virginia, people on average contribute about ten grand in federal taxes. On average, get back about twenty grand in federal. Wow! Taxes. Wow! Double your money. At the opposite end of the spectrum, some states are way in the red. Connecticut, New Jersey, and Massachusetts—all really high tax states. Each contribute thousands more on per capita basis than they receive back from the feds. That's interesting. We're talking I don't know just the, federal income tax right. there, federal taxes sure. in general. Yeah. I don't know what the goal would be. What would the goal be? California is the closest to breaking even, breaking even at a net difference of $12 per person, so basically flat. But 40 of the 50 states get more back. Sometimes a lot more than they're paying in in taxes. If Boy, you, we all must be squeezing the hell out of New Jersey. If you're one of the other states, though, you're subsidizing all those other states. Right, right. So uh, on a similar topic, I on uh, of all places, National, uh, or I'm sorry, Nakedly Progressive Radio, NPR, they were talking to an economist about immigration, as they often are, and illegal immigrants, and and. The the just he's he might as well be Chris Hayes on MSNBC anchor uh, Steve Inskeep is his name was saying so then really I- even illegal immigrants on balance are good for the economy and the economist who he'd been drooling over the entire interview said well on a federal level in terms of the entire economy yes probably a net positive. But he said, on the state and local level, though, there's no question it's a negative because of the cost of medical services and education and that sort of thing um, and other social services. And Inskeep's like, oh, 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 thank you for being on. Goodbye, click. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we get that if you look at the economy in aggregate, more people, more workers. Yeah, okay. Okay, it, it, it lifts all boats a teeny tiny bit, although there is a caveat to that. But yeah, it hammers the crap out of local governments. And, and the caveat is an important one. And it's weird, it comes from progressives, but they're so blinded by their xenophilia that they, they don't think it through. The benefit to the economy of an enormous influx of extremely cheap foreign labor goes to the super rich, to the corporations, to the meat packers. To the, the, the construction super giants, to the agra giants. It doesn't go to working America, black America, Hispanic America, poor working white people, lower middle class white people. No, 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 you're not getting that benefit. It's going to the super, super rich. So, yeah, Bill Gates walks into a bar, and the average net worth in that bar is $2 billion. But that doesn't help you. Anyway.
I don't know where this. Uh, I don't know where we're going with this discussion. Anyway, going to. I don't yes. know. Yeah, I don't know where we're going with this discussion over the next couple of years. I mean, as we've laid out, people don't understand the way taxes work at all. Right. You've got all kinds of imbalances out there in different ways, and you know, you hear the numbers from both sides on that. Yeah. And yeah. then, and then you got the AOC crowd that's saying things. She said just the other day that everybody deserves a living wage. You know, no, nobody's ever crafted a society where you can make that work, where everybody gets the living wage that they're owed by the the, the natural rights of man. They exist, yes, yeah. <laughs> Actually, great piece on that topic. Uh, Wall Street Journal: Socialism is back, but what is it? And they asked a bunch of young people, and I found it really revealing and thought provoking. And it features a picture of a, an emotionally distraught OAC. She got the realtor eyes, by the way. Oh, she got them. Yeah. So uh, we could uh, jump on that at some point in the near future. We've talked a lot about, everybody's talking a lot about helping the mentally ill, right? Yes. You need more help for the mentally ill. I say that all the time. Well, they tried it in New York, and they spent a gazillion dollars and got zero for it. Oy. That's the trouble. Um, we should delve into that, among other things. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Remember, as you're enjoying this fabulous podcast of the radio show, you can also get the Armstrong and Getty One More Thing podcast and Armstrong and Getty Extra Large, our long-form interviews, available via the iTunes podcast app and the iHeart app. Most followed person on Instagram. Details to come. Full team coverage. Surpassing Katy Perry or somebody. With 115 million followers or something like yeah. that. These numbers are mind-boggling. Who are you people? You know, I just follow celebrities on the Twitter or the Instagram or whatever. Whoa. That's our dumb person sounder, by the way. Whoa. Our, our dumb person. Whoa. Whoa. We've got a number of people saying, whoa. 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 If you start your sentence Whoa, with, I don't Whoa. know, there's a, ch- there's a chance you're dumb. You say you like socialism. What is socialism? Whoa, um. Whoa. And we ought to get to that. But speaking of the Internet and Instagram and hundreds of millions of people following various starlets because they have fun songs and nice boobies. Um, <laughs> you think are, that's the reason? Have you? I guarantee that's the reason. And they're very pretty. They have fun songs. And nice boobies. Did I quote you correctly? <laughs> I believe you did. Have you, are you following the latest, latest, latest YouTube issue? That now YouTube is going to disable comments on most videos that feature any minors. Not people who dig under the earth, but children. Um, minors. Um, r- responding to reports that pedophiles... Use the comments to find, track, and exploit children. That's awful. You've got your little girl and the other little girls at their ballet recital, and you post it, and, and, you know, I believe you can make that stuff private, right? So just you and your friends can find it, or I don't know. I'm, I, I'm, for a guy who's, who watches YouTube a fair amount, I don't know much about it, but, um, yeah, I guess pedophiles, they have these networks, and they communicate with each other and talk about the kids and 
lust after the kids in the comment section. Well, yeah, and you make inappropriate comments, and that's how you find other pedophiles. Then you communicate with them. Say, oh, you're into little girls, too? Yeah. Freaking weirdos. Right. um, Yeah, I guess a video blogger documented how the site has enabled what he called a softcore pedophile ring. Um, uh, they would post timestamps so others could skip ahead to moments when the kids are in compromising positions. Users who viewed videos of minors would also uh, serve up additional videos featuring children through YouTube's recommendation engine. Can you just not allow comments at all on YouTube? I don't know. Is that an option? I I don't know. I don't know. I I'd have to have a Google account to be a YouTube official YouTube, and I'm not going to do that. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, YouTube has long struggled to monitor and remove problematic content from its huge platform on which users upload 400 hours of content every minute. Yeah, it's extraordinary. So there are both possible. You can disable comments from your own channel, and you can also choose to moderate so comments get emailed to you, and then you give them the okay to get published. But so what you're doing is you're... Your eight-year-old had her dance recital, and you put it on YouTube so all your family members can check it out. And then you got all these weirdos coming in. You don't want to disable the comments because you want Aunt Jean in Montana to be able to say, oh, good job, Jenny. Right, exactly. So Jenny can be happy about yeah. that, right? You know, there was a piece I just started to read the other day um, about uh, the uh, the folks who are in charge of, of uh, dealing with this sort of thing on YouTube and Facebook and how it is among the cruelest things you can do to somebody to make them earn a living doing that. Because they have to see the horrifying to say, whoa, that's horrifying. And they can't unsee this stuff. Oh, yeah, they're all going crazy. And now yeah. and well, at least one person has sued um, saying they're, they're never going to be right again, which they right. may never be. Oh, no, you may no. never be able to to be a normal human being again after you recognize how awful human beings are. How, right. how interesting is that? Yeah. If you're exposed to what human beings are actually capable of, you can no longer function as a human being. And I don't yes. doubt that. Well, yeah, I've we've talked to enough cops who deal with crimes against children to understand that, that you can't unsee these things, and it's very difficult to live with. So, you know, I don't... I guess my point, if I have one, is that... And do you have a point... That the policing of these things is awful, awful to do, and just awful in its effectiveness because all of the social media platforms that we're talking about, from Google to well, YouTube is Google, um, to Facebook to Instagram to the rest of it, are all bent so left that when they try to do a better job. They filter out anything that's of a vaguely conservative point of view. I hope AI and algorithms and everything can catch up because Facebook has proven that human beings aren't capable. You can't hire enough of them. You can't do it fast enough. And it ruins you um, to try to do it with human beings. Can you design AI that would recognize a child being sexually exploited somehow? And differentiate it from a child that's not being sexually exploited. Or or adults who are just uh, getting it on. Why did you block my little kid being licked by a puppy it's a cute video you know that sort of thing oh boy so an example of how the ai's uh around this kind of child thing kind of goes out of whack so cp uh on a lot of these commenters was code for child porn and they would communicate with each other saying cp cp um uh, and there are youtube channels video largely associated with video games that also use those initial cp the one that i'm familiar with uses it as an acronym for combat power when you're talking about your various video games so the AI recognized CP as this is 
this is language for child pornographers. And so they, they wiped out all these channels that had CP in the title of their titles, which took right. out a bunch of video huh. game well, things. Well, my understanding about artificial intelligence, from what I read about it, is that it is, it'll soon be smart enough, if it's not already, to figure that out, just like any human being could be could do. Artificial intelligence say, oh, okay, gamers are using CP for this. Porn people are doing this. Let's differentiate between the two. Right, but it, you it's, would hope. it's not there yet. Well, yeah. 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 Uh, that... Was it P.J. O'Rourke we had on the show, writer-thinker, who said, whose idea was it to let all these idiots talk to each other? What did the, he say? The we internet. ought to have that clip ready, because that's one of the greatest clips of all time. The Internet has enabled uh, all of the idiots around the world to get together. The whole world is trying to figure out how to deal with this, whether it's child porn yeah. or just nastiness or overthrowing elections or whatever it is. got to figure this out. And it, I, I, Human beings can't. I think it's got to be A.I. and co- some sort of algorithm. So I asked Jack this question about once a month. So as of today, first day of March, the year of our Lord, 2019, on balance, the Internet, good thing or bad thing? Bad thing. I'd go bad back. Thing. I would go back to pre-Internet. I know well, the people... right idea was it to put every idiot in the world in touch with every other idiot. <laughs> I agree there with PJ O'Rourke. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I'd go backwards. Putting every idiot in the world in touch with every other idiot. That is a beautiful phrase. What's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Well, Donald Trump launching a major Twitter storm against Michael Cohen. We've got new developments in that space-off between Pakistan and India. And the Chinese have come up with a way for us all to see ultraviolet rays. Coming up in this now. I really want to do this story about nearly a billion dollars thrown at mental health and nothing to show for it. Oh, man, that's sobering. It's troubling. And I hate being sober. Especially on a Friday. Certainly. (laughs) So, a bunch of stuff on the way, and I'm going to try to get a professor fired who thinks cops should be killed on the Armstrong and Getty Show. So, we got this professor who advocates killing cops repeatedly openly, repeatedly and unrepentantly then when, and then when he's asked about it he doesn't say oh, oh that's not what i meant he didn't walk it back or i was out of contact no he no. says yeah no that's what i mean all cops should be killed and, and he's just for the complete elimination of all police which shows he's mentally just not fit to teach we don't take the idea of of saying you should fire somebody lightly it's way overused in today's society somebody says something to defend somebody in the slightest and everybody calls for their job it's way overdone or particularly when people are misquoted or misstate or in the heat of the moment and then and then say no i didn't mean that okay fine we're done right exactly you apologize you said that's not the way you really feel fair enough this guy is teaching young people, children and young adults, and he openly advocates the murder of police officers. That ain't right. Yeah. Uh, His name is Professor Clover. Joshua Clover, University of California, Davis. If you'd like to comment to his boss or bosses, you could go to armstrongandgetty.com. We have more on that on the way. Right now, news with Marsha Phillips. President Trump launching a Twitter storm against his former lawyer Michael Cohen's testimony to Congress, following up on what he told Fox News. As far as Cohen is concerned, uh, he's convicted, he's a liar, he's defrauded at a high level, he's got a lot of problems, and, you know, it was very interesting because he lied so much. You know, I didn't I didn't want to go back into Cohen again today, just because right. I'm kind of Cohen'd out for the week, but... 
Um, I, I resaw a montage of, the, of the, the various places where Cohen let Trump off the hook on a couple of things, which are just extraordinary. In, in that he says, no, the president did not tell me to lie. No, I've seen no evidence of Russian collusion. And no, I don't think that tape exists. Those are huge points from those hearings. Yeah. I mean, those were, I've never been to Prague. That was right. a, you forget what a giant story that was for a while. Mm-hmm. It was being talked about, it was talked about on the Senate floor for crying out loud. Yeah. Well, I like the way, I can't remember who said it, but I thought it was a pretty good characterization that the impeachment cupboard is bare. And so the uh, the Democrats, Elijah Cummings, uh, AOC the other day, are clearly going down the road of, um, you know, a criminal investigation, um, or the, the collusion cupboard is bare, I should say. And so they're now going down the road of taxes and real estate values and insurance and getting the tax return out in the open. That's why AOC was tasked with ending that hearing with Cohen of... Getting and this was all planned by Lanny Davis and Cohen was in on it, saying, "All right, did the president ever do this? You know, overestimate the value of an, a, a property for the purposes of insurance? Who else would know that?" And they got a bunch of topics and names on the record, which gives that committee now the right to summon, subpoena those people on those topics. It's very clever. So, yeah, they're going down that road. And so it's like you couldn't find anything with the Whitewater land deal with the Clintons, but then you got a whiff of this sex scandal. Now all of a sudden, that's what it is. Yeah, I, the only difference is that's the whole uh, independent prosecutor thing, uh, you know, or, or, or counsel, which is a bad law and, and dangerous no matter which party is wielding it. And this is more a congressional committee thing, but it's a similar idea. Yeah, we're just going to keep hunting until we get something couple of the tweets that uh, Trump sent out this morning, quote, Wow, just revealed that Michael Cohen wrote a love letter to Trump manuscript for a new book that he was pushing. Written and submitted long after Charlottesville and Helsinki is phony reasons for going rogue. Book is exact opposite of his fake testimony, which is now a lie. Are you following this story? So part of Cohen's testimony the other day was, they ask him, you know, when did you have this change of heart? Because right. he worked for Trump for 10 years and then decided he couldn't in good conscience. So after Charlottesville, I just, at that point, I just realized I was working for a racist, an evil racist. Well, in the raid of his office and home, they got the rough draft of his book he was writing. And long after Charlottesville, he was still writing. Uh, I love this man. I would take a bullet for him. He's the greatest person I've ever met. Wow. Cetera, cetera, wow. Cetera. Well, the but, guy, but, but the guy's a shark. Yeah, he's exactly. a relentless, is this news emotionless, yeah. self-serving <laughs> machine. Yeah. Yeah. Pakistani officials have brought the Indian pilot captured from that downed plane to a border crossing with India for a handover, a move which could help defuse a confrontation between the nuclear-armed rivals that's the most serious in two decades. Pakistan's Prime Minister uh, Imran Khan said in an address to Parliament, we are releasing the Indian pilot as a goodwill gesture. Meanwhile, skirmishes have continued between Indian and Pakistani soldiers along the so-called line of control that divides the disputed Kashmir region between the two countries. So what's going on there? What's their command and control? Do both sides have orders out that, look, if they shoot at you, shoot back at them about the same amount? Go ahead, lob some mortars. It's hard to believe that's coming from the capitals of those countries. Yep. Just keep shooting. I'm sure nothing will nothing will go crazy. Tesla. Boy, and there there is. I heard a theory that I hadn't heard. Yeah. 
So wh- whoever, you know, was able to get this little dust-up started, their deal might be, particularly on Pakistan's side, their deal might be, we want to get things heated up enough that we ha- that our side exposes where we keep our nukes. Because the bad guys don't know where the nukes are. Pakistan's a weird country. Yeah. It's kind of a democracy. It's kind of not. It's run by generals. It's run by Muslim fanatics or whatever. And they have a hard time keeping the nukes secret because they don't want the Muslim fanatics or the, 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 the military that's in league with the Muslim fanatics to get the nukes. Mm-hmm. But so this oh, dust up, nice. the dust up gets started. They have to bring their nukes out onto trucks or whatever. So they got them ready to go just in case. Now we know where they are. So, oh, so, so now we can go take them. Pakistani yeah. Islamist nut jobs are trying to ratchet yeah. it up so they yeah. can sniff out the nukes. Yeah. Wow. And that's something. Oh, great. Pakistan. Tesla announced. And I remember speaking of Barack Obama yeah. right there when he was asked what keeps you up at night, and he said Pakistan. For those reasons, can they keep a hold of their nuclear arsenal, or does it fall into the hands of the bad guys? Tesla announcing it's closing most of its stores and will only sell its electric cars online. The change is being made to cut costs so Tesla can reach its longtime goal of selling a mass-market electric car for $35,000. Some of Tesla's 378 stores and service centers worldwide will stay open as galleries, or what it's calling information centers in high-traffic areas. Tesla's CEO, Elon Musk, says he believes it's the right decision to make. It's 2019. People want to buy things online. There you go. It's Meanwhile, at- Saturday's a big uh, launch of a rocket. I think it's a SpaceX rocket mm-hmm. to, to move forward on private companies carrying American astronauts yep. into space. So, big weekend for Elon. Well, a big reason that Tesla even had these showrooms in the first place was to get around the law that there's some weird... You have to have right. a dealership to sell a car thing. Right. So, this just seems right. like the next step in him trying to fight against that. Which right. was a law that was put in place by the big car makers so nobody could compete with them. Exactly. They bribed legislators and they passed laws and said it's for your safety. Which is the way they do business. There you go. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. <laughs> The variety of answers you get when you ask college kids, what is socialism? I like that. Yeah, it's interesting. And uh, it ain't as easy to help the mentally ill as you might think it is. You can't just throw money at it. I wish you could. I really do. But you can't. Got an example of that coming up, among other things. On this Friday, huh? You like the Fridays? You a big fan of the Fridays? I personally prefer, to like? I like, I like Tuesday. Tuesday's my favorite day. But if you like Friday, that's cool. Sick. What happened to you? <laughs> You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the, of, of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Like a stone, and I feel We at a different time during the show are going to talk more about this professor Clover who advocates killing police. Um, if you're uh, with us on the whole idea of terminating Professor Clover, go to armstrongandgetty.com and click on terminate Professor Clover, and it will bring you the information to uh, to to email and uh, sign the petition and 
It's it's an interesting story. I, I'm surprised it hasn't exploded into a, a bigger story than it has. Right. If, if it reached the president's ears, Trump would comment on it. I mean, it's it's that right. out there, and he'd have the vast majority of Americans on his side. If you say I'd appreciate less government and more liberty, you can hardly get a job on a college campus. But you're going to be a Marxist calling for the murder of police officers repeatedly, and and be in good standing. Sick. Can't believe we're sending our children to these places. And, and paying for the privilege. More on that to come. Yeah, I was trying to find one thing that's like fun or funny before I do something else serious. But I mean, I got plenty. I'm practically a clown. I live a clown lifestyle. You really do. People laugh at you as you walk away frequently. Um, a, a hot topic all around America. Certainly in any of the places where you got a lot of homeless people is what to do with the mentally ill. And everybody's in agreement. We need more help for the mentally ill. The trouble is the conversation practically stops there as to at what point, how do you go past there? I have a... Get experts to figure it out. And they'll figure it out and we'll give them a heap of money and then it will be solved. That's how. Yeah. And I've got a son who is a mentally ill. And if he didn't, if I didn't have the resources I have and in an effort to try to do something about that, I can't imagine where he would end up. Mm-hmm. Right. He'd, be, he'd be like a lot of the people you see on the streets screaming at fire hydrants, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so I understand the situation. But in New York City, Mayor Bill de Blasio, I'll skip past a story from earlier this week in which they determined, and this is the city council in Manhattan. These are not right wingers. And that which that city council determined that his three quarters of a billion dollar effort to help schools didn't accomplish anything. Wow. I'll skip past that to his wife's nearly one billion dollar effort to take on mental illness also has got nothing to show for it. As the New York Post reported yesterday, officials can't show that Thrive, that was the name of her let's do something about a mental illness and give it a billion dollars program, Mm -hmm. that Thrive has had much to any impact on the mentally ill. They can't even cite details on what the $850 million bought, even though Thrive is getting a billion dollars more to spend over the next four years. At a city council hearing on Wednesday, again, this is a city council of Manhattan. Uh, Lawmakers blasted the program. The whole situation with the mentally ill in New York is not improving. It's actually getting worse said Robert Holden, Democrat of Queens. Councilman Chaim Deutsch, Democrat of Brooklyn, said it took a week just to hear back on his request for mental health training. If he had a budget of $250 million a year, he'd send an email within five minutes. Very unhappy that they can't get any information. It's because it doesn't seem like there's any information to give mm. on how on where your money went or how you've helped anybody. Oh, boy. Yeah. One key problem, Thrive Honchos aren't particularly interested in results, as Politico reported earlier this week. Also not right-wingers. Indeed, they barely track anything that would indicate who's been helped or by how much. Uh, Critics like the Manhattan Institute's Stephen Ede also note that Thrive doesn't even try to help the most serious cases, and it casts such a wide net, they argue, that it uh, was bound to fail from the beginning. The bottom line is tragic for New Yorkers who really need help, obviously, of course, for taxpayers. So they spent... You know, the best part of a billion dollars, and not only did it not improve as much as you would hope for spending a billion dollars, 
You know, if it improved some, you'd think, I'm not sure that's a billion dollars worth of help. Yeah. They can't come up with any, that it did any good at all. Wow. Actually, they can't even figure out where the money went. Oh, man. And this is that's other, discouraging. This is other liberal Democrats screaming about this. Yeah. The point being, caring about the mentally ill, wanting to do something about mental illness is a completely different topic from, okay, now what do you do? Who does it? How do you, how do you track it? Right. Right. Well, that's, you know, it's part of the reason we have a super giant bloated government is you hear about something that makes you feel bad and you think that makes me feel bad. Uh, I'd like that not to be the case. You vote for a program that says it's going to address it. You might feel a light touch from the tax man, maybe no touch at all, depending on who you are. Um, and, and your conscience goes to bed satisfied, sated, but it's just a waste of money. And it and or and or it just becomes and and I grew up in the mobbed up city of Chicago, actually right outside of it. But it ends up being a money spigot to the phonies who claim to be solving these social programs. And they're just on the payroll of politicians and, 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 and make their people vote for them over and over again. So I just boy for eight hundred and fifty million dollars, you would think you could have made at least eight hundred and fifty people's lives Pretty good, as you spent a million dollars on each of them. Yeah, just give them each a million dollars to spend on mental health care. And that'd be 850 mentally ill people. That'd be quite a few people. You'd have something to show for it. That would uh, perhaps save some lives, yeah, but no. No. God dang it. Ah, man, that's, that is... Uh, listen, there are a couple of things, really formative things I've heard in, in the recent years slash decades as time flies by. Um, the one being the great logical fallacy of something needs to be done. This is something. Therefore, this needs to be done. No, often the something is a bad something or a useless something. And the other thing was uh, a, a German said to an American journalist who was going on and about on about some geopolitical problem, and he told him, "You Americans think you can solve everything." Um, and and you know it, it it's difficult, but it's part of being an adult to understand. I just have to live with this. And, you know, what we just have to live with, you know, you might have a different opinion than me, and I respect that. But the idea that we're just going to take other people's money by the force of the government and throw it at this problem so I can go to bed tonight feeling good about myself, it's just, it's, it's well, number one, we're committing financial suicide as a country. But we have to stop doing that. Stop falling for that, that you know, kind of... You get it a lot in high school and college kids. They, they're really angry about something, and they really want to do something. And they, they throw money at something, and, and that way they don't have that, that pain anymore. There's no way to run a government. My son doesn't want to take his medicine. We've had to hold him down and make him take his medicine. He doesn't like the side effects. Right, right. Or a variety of things. Or he just doesn't want to take it sometimes. Okay, so once he's 18 and, he's, and he doesn't want to take his medicine... And I no longer have any legal right to hold him down and make him take his medicine. Right. Then what do you do? Right. Society? A question that families dealing with mental illness have asked over and over and over again. And that's if you got, you know, some uh, loving relatives who want to do something about it. What if it's a person with no family structure? Hmm. That woman down in the corner who's yelling at the park, parking meter and carrying a big bag full of junk. How you? What are you going to do with her? Mm-hmm. Who, who's going to determine she's crazy enough that you get to hold her down and make her take medicine? Well, practically nobody these days. It's just it's not the way we swing. Well, that's a hard thing to do. Oh, uh, heck yeah, it is. 
It's yeah. got all kinds of problems attached to it. Yeah. And how much money would you spend per person coming up with a panel that determines whether or not she's crazy enough to hold down and forced to take medicine? Then, as we've been taking medicine for two years for my son, and it hasn't done any good, so you know you got that problem too. It's not like it's you're mentally ill. Here's the pill that fixes being mentally ill. It doesn't work that way. It's a really thorny problem. And the only yeah. reason I bring this up is I don't want a whole bunch of billion dollar programs in cities all across America, states all across America that do no good and waste a ton of money. And listen, I only care a little bit what you think of us, but as guys who have dealt with mental illness and autism and the rest of it in our families, you know, it's not that we're insensitive to it. It's that we don't believe in throwing enormous amounts of money at stuff just to make ourselves feel better. It's well, number one, you're talking about children. It's an incredible betrayal of children and grandchildren to spend their money before they ever get a chance to earn it to uh, assuage our own consciences. Or is, of people, yes. Or could it be spent uh, in a better way? I'm guessing that $850 million that nobody can even say where it went in New York yeah. uh, could have been spent better. Yeah. Okay, so even if you're for spending that much money, how about you spend it in a way that it possibly does some good? And listen, one of the reasons we're small government people is we've caught on to the fact that people who who are uh, of the government class and they make their living off your taxes, they're so good at figuring out, okay, this is something that has people whipped up. They're emotional about it, particularly younger voters. We can bilk them out of their money by saying we're going to solve this. That's the great scam of government. They're good at their jobs. Their jobs are convincing you that they're looking out for you. How much money do you make? The guy, the uh, professor who calls for cops to be murdered, making about 150 grand a year with pay and benefits. 150 grand a year to teach kids and young adults that uh, we should murder police officers, and taxpayers are paying for that. Wow! And and parents' tuition. That is something. Keep listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.